0: Hello and welcome to the Happy Hen Podcast. My name is Maisie Wake and my goal is to create a better world for chickens everywhere. In this podcast you will get to know me and my flock better as I share my own knowledge and experience with you. I will also be chatting to people from all walks of life but with one thing in common, a passion for our feathered friends. Our first ever guest is Liz Barrett, who is a good friend of mine and fellow chicken enthusiast. I first met Liz when I worked at the donkey sanctuary. She and her husband Dave had to relinquish their two donkeys, Smokey and Hector, to the donkey sanctuary because the surrounding fields in their area were giving their donkeys breathing problems. I have always admired their ability to do such a difficult thing in the name of their animal's health. Their love of these boys was very clear, and they would visit them regularly, which is how I got to know them. Eventually, I learnt of our mutual passion for all things hen too. I stayed with Liz and Dave when I went to Norfolk to observe feral chickens. I had such a lovely stay with the pair of them helping me feel right at home. It would be hard not to feel at home when staying in a place where every room was filled with donkey and chicken paraphernalia. Liz has plenty of experience of being a chicken guardian and has some great stories to tell. Whatever you're doing as you are listening to this, I hope you enjoy tuning in to the first Happy Hen podcast episode. Welcome Liz. <laughs> yeah, Thank you very much. I'm, I
1: feel very honoured to be your first guest.
0: Yeah, we can muddle through this first episode, and I'm really, really excited and happy that you're that you're my first guest. So. Well,
1: wow, that's very kind of you. Thank you. I'm I'm very honoured.
0: <laughs> so, so Liz, um, me and you are both passionate about chickens, and Liz, can you take us back to how your love of chickens started?
1: Yes. Yeah, in fact, actually, uh, we got our first batch of chickens purely by chance. We bought a very small cottage in Norfolk. Um, and the people who lived there had a Shetland pony and they had some chickens. And the lady basically said about the Shetland pony, you either take the Shetland pony on or I'm having it put down because I can't bear anybody else having it. Um, And she said I want to leave the chickens as well, so would you be happy to have the chickens? So we said yes we would and we inherited some some chickens with the house and a small run and a very, very old shed which she used for a hen house. And it was a learning curve because neither Dave nor I had kept chickens before. Um, And basically that, that was pretty much it, they were all still laying. Uh, we had a cockerel as well. Uh, I think we did actually go out a very long time ago, but we did actually go out and we bought some more chickens from an auction over in Norfolk, and uh, which came with a cockerel, and Julie, a chick, unfortunately, turned up, and Dave and I had absolutely no idea about such things, so we let <laughs> the hen out, and we let the chick out, and of course, as probably was inevitable a, a hawk of some sort got the chick and we were absolutely distraught it was just awful it really was it was just you know had i known i would have probably kept the chicken and kept it safe but of course it just you know unfortunately that that's what happened but we you live and learn yeah, and that was pretty much a learning curve for us and we, we didn't have a cockerel after that we decided we would avoid the possibility of any such thing happening again so we just purely just purely kept the hens and had them successfully for a number of years until sadly the fox got them um, but uh, they were wonderful and we became chicken addicts and we just loved them um, and the rest kind of is history, we've always had chickens ever since
0: That's Quite an amazing first story to have inherited them with your house.
1: Yes, I think inheriting them and inheriting a Shetland pony is a little unusual, but yeah. we kept both for a number of years and enjoyed having both. both.
0: Had you ever had a pony before as well?
1: Uh, no, uh, I hadn't. <laughs> um, I, I went on to uh, get a pony, a little driving pony, which I had for a number of years, so, we uh, managed to keep the Shetland company, and they, they were pretty good friends for a while. The only drawback we had for anybody who knows about Shetland, it had lived on two acres of grass. right? And the inevitable was, of course, that it had had laminitis on and off all its life. And i have never come across laminitis before, which is, as we all know, a very, very painful um, hoof problem. And in fact, when I went to see the house with a friend, the friend actually said to me, you do know that there's a problem with the pony, and I thought, well, I can see it walking badly, but I had no idea what was wrong with it. Um, but we we managed to keep her on a postage stamp of grass, but I think the damage had been done over the years, and uh, we lost her a couple of summers later. But we we managed to keep her going for quite a while. But inevitably, every spring, of course, you know, the first blade of grass, and she would go down the laminites again. However hard we kept her, I'm sure of keeping her in a stable. 24 7, which probably would have been the only thing we pretty much would have done, but it's no life for yeah. So, that, again, that was a learning curve because we hadn't had a pony before either. Yeah. So, wow. but, uh, we went on and, and learnt as we went on. And as I say, I got a driving pony and uh, we had her for a number of years very successfully. Had to take her out quite a bit around the lane um, and then went on from then to get the donkeys. So, but uh, the chickens were always there. We always had the chickens, and uh, they were always great company, great characters.
0: Yeah, it sounds quite challenging initially. Um...
1: I think it probably was actually. I, I think we look we look back on it now. I think it was about nineteen ninety nine. We got the donkeys, so you are going back a, a long time. Um, it must have been probably about nineteen ninety seven or ninety eight. I think you probably got the chickens. Um, and again, it's, it's like anything else. The first thing you want to do is you want to learn all about them. Normally, I do recommend probably doing all your research and looking into these things before you get them. But we didn't have a chance for that, unfortunately. So we learned as we went on and just asked people and got advice, got book on chickens. Um, our next door neighbour had chickens as well, so he was very helpful. But they're lovely I just I am a total chicken addict I, I think they're the most marvellous creatures really I, I highly recommend them to people they're such characters.
0: Absolutely I think that is one of the things that stands out whenever anybody who isn't used to chickens suddenly gets to know chickens is what characters they are. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that's very
1: very much the case uh, whether you've get them from a breeder or whether you take them on as ex-battery hens I think it's uh, I'm on several like Facebook groups for people who've taken on ex-battery hens and I think the people who take them on suddenly realise that they've inherited six or ten or whatever little characters yeah. and they've all got
0: personalities yeah absolutely are there any that stand out from from the past Ah, uh,
1: yeah, there are a few actually. The one, um, my husband, they was particularly attached to was a a little white Sussex called Hetty, and she was one of the first hens that we had. And again, into the character, we we had a small run for them in those days that we didn't trim those wings because we didn't know about things like that. Uh, so she would always fly out whenever he cleaned out the hen house. Now uh, you can almost guarantee every single time he went out to clean up the hen house, there was a flapping of wings and Hetty got out. Um, but yeah, she was a real character. There have been several others, uh, not least of course, Miss Minnie. Miss Minnie uh, was just the most marvellous hen. Of all the hens, I think that we've had, Minnie was the biggest character. She was just a little uh, reddy brown uh, bantam hen. Uh, who we were very, very attached to. We, we lost her only earlier on this year. She managed to make it to, to over six. Um, but she was just a character. She, we brought her indoors and she played drafts with us and she played chess, just to sit on the board watching us play. And <laughs> you can almost guarantee that as soon as we went to the conservatory for a cup of tea and a biscuit, she would fly out the run. She would come straight to the conservatory door and she would stand there waiting to come in because she knew she would have got a biscuit. And often she would literally walk in the door. She would have her biscuit, and she would walk under the table, and she would lay down and go to sleep. She actually preferred, I'm convinced, to be with humans rather than actually to be with her own kind. She was bottom of the pecking order anyway, so I think she saw us um, as, a, as a better alternative, really. <laughs> so yeah, Miss, Miss Minnie was. Uh, well, we still miss her. We, we miss her enormously. There's not a day goes by that she doesn't turn up in my Facebook memories or <laughs> she she turns up somewhere in conversation. That, uh, she just was a huge character and we miss her enormously and uh, really, really enormously. I came home from holiday once to find she was sitting in front of the bookcase, appearing at the books on the shelf, and I was actually wondering which one of them she would have read for choice, <laughs> whether it would have been a travel book. Or whether she was just more interested perhaps in cookery.
0: Yeah. What what book, what type of book do you think she would be interested in? Oh, I'd
1: go for the cookery book. I think she'd have definitely been there for the biscuits. She'd have been there for the biscuits and the cake. Without <laughs> without a doubt.
0: Oh. Well, I met her too when I came and stayed with you in Norfolk and she, yeah. she just was bursting with personality
1: <laughs> yeah she really is I mean I think all hens have a certain amount of personality but there always is a hen that stands out yeah and in fact we we had Minnie when we lived in Norfolk as well and again she was another one who would fly out the run but instead of just wandering around the garden she would make a beeline for our back door and she would come and wait by the back door until we let her in and she would usually wander into the living room and again she would go under the table and go to sleep Oh, just extraordinary. I I think just the biggest personality from the smallest hen, really. So your
0: current flock now, can you tell us a little bit about them?
1: Yes, we don't have an awful lot of hens now. We've we've only got the four. We've got uh, Ginger, who is, uh, again, a bantam. She's a a silky cross bantam. Beautiful colour, and she knows it. She's um, definitely, she's got almost uh, a little... Sort of, it's hard to explain actually. She's, but she, she, again, she's just birthing with personality. She's six now. Um, the other three hens that we've got, we've sadly lost all our other large, uh, that we had. Uh, we bought three new hens and, uh, she's of course top of the pecking order now, finally. There's three new, three new girls that we've got. We've got a leghorn, um, Again, I didn't know anything about Leghorn. Uh, they do seem to be rather flighty.
0: They're well <laughs> yeah. known for that.
1: Yeah, not. Unfortunately, they weren't well known for that for me. But we we got <laughs> them all from a lady who uh, breeds rare breed hens locally, yeah. and uh, we wanted three that weren't going to be huge compared to poor old Ginger. Because I thought, well, if we get three largish hens or hens that are going to grow quite large, she's going to feel a bit daunted. Sure. By them. So we, we went along and sort of said, well, we, we've got Silky Bantam. Um, could we have something in a similar size, which probably was a little unusual going for a breeder. But she found us three hens. Uh, one was the leghorn. Uh, one is a black copper marron, again, which we've we had one of before, who we call copper. And the other one is the most stunning black and white hen, called, uh, and she's an Egyptian feomi, which oh, I've never
0: lovely.
1: heard of. Yeah, an Egyptian feomi. But they said, um, you might find she's a bit flighty. Well, <laughs> I thought the leghorn was flighty. The Egyptian Fayoumi is even more flighty. <laughs> she's not as bad when she rides. She has settled down now. But she's a just the most stunning looking hen. I, I've never even heard of this Egyptian Fayoumi. I, I thought, how on earth am I even going to remember what the breed was? So we called her Fay. We thought <laughs> Fay, Fayoumi. That's a good clue. You know, I, might, I might remember that. And so we've got her as well, and uh, the only one now that hasn't laid is the Feuami. She's uh, we've we've had now I suppose about three 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 and a half months now, and the other two new girls have started laying, and the Feuami hasn't yet, but I'm sure it's high on her list of to do for the screen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs>
0: anything about the breed ah
1: uh, no i, I looked much. them up i did look them up and they said they lay i believe white colored eggs and they are very very flighty okay. and the one thing that breeder did tell us was she said you will find she does not like being handled fayumis apparently are quite famous for not liking being handled well we did actually have to pick her up to put her in the run the first night and i have never heard anything quite like it. it was the most loud shriek I think I've ever heard. We haven't tried it since. Um fortunately she's she's got to the stage where she follows the others and goes to bed now. So not so much of a problem. But I, most extraordinary shriek I think I've ever heard. She's she was um loud, to say the least. She seems to be better behaved now. If we wanted to go to bed she, she follows the others and goes in the hen house. So she obviously didn't like being picked up and we really don't want to have to pick her up too often.
0: Oh dear. I think it's it's also just settling in too, isn't it? And if they're a flighty breed anyway, mm, that's very much frightened. So. Yes. Uh, they're,
1: they're run, actually. We've got some old apple trees in the run. And the uh, leghorn, the other thing we noticed about leghorns is they love trees. Mm. They love to perch in a tree. And as some of our trees were rather near the hedge, we had to get uh, my husband to go out with the saw and actually saw several branches off.
0: Oh, no. <laughs>
1: to try and persuade her um, not to get too close to the hedge. She never had, fortunately. And I think with the traffic going past, I, I think she, she always flies back the other way, back to her friends. So. But lately, she seems to be a bit less interested in the tree. So I'm, I'm hoping that it, maybe the novelty of that might have worn off.
0: Yeah, she's done her adventuring. I, I experienced so. yeah. <laughs> I experienced similar um this year with our new girls who are a breed that is new to me as well, which is Swedish mm. flower hens. Oh, that's
1: so funny. I've got a friend down the road who breeds them.
0: Oh really? Yes, yeah, the lady who lives at Staple Cross.
1: Oh. And... And, uh, it's one of the breeds she started breeding. She's actually selling some Swedish flower hens at the moment, funnily enough. Oh, but,
0: lovely! Uh,
1: I've never even heard of them, but they're spectacular. They're beautiful.
0: They're beautiful, aren't they? And they're a really rare breed as well. Um, mm. But something about them is that they are quite flighty too.
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah. Um, and our new girls would not sleep in the house at all they they had to roost up the tree and <laughs> and initially I did try to hoik them down and again just like your experience with Fay, they let out the most terrible blood curdling shrieks I've ever heard um so I'm I'm working on slowly building their confidence and we are getting there um Astrid is braver at taking food from i made sure that they had swedish names so oh, i love the name <laughs> so, astrid that's brilliant i love astrid it Astrid and hilda um oh lovely. That's lovely.
1: You, <laughs> you, you didn't go down the um uh, uh the, the, the two out of abba i was trying to remember their names you, you tried to avoid the uh, the two girls out of abba i thought uh i thought Well, if i had a swedish flower hens they they you couldn't really call them benny and Bjorn. But um, no,
0: you've, you've got to go with a with a name, and I love the name Astrid. That's that's terrific. I feel like that's amazing name. Yeah, they're they're beautiful. I think Astrid is quite an astral name, isn't it? And um, oh, it's
1: lovely. The, and the perfect name. Perfect. And
0: her chest, she's got the real flecks of gold in her chest, and um, so it reminds me of a you looking at up at a um, galaxy. So. <laughs>
1: Um, They are stunning though, I must admit. I've never heard of them either. Uh, It's only because this friend of mine down the road literally started uh, started breeding them. It's a breed she decided to start and really go into, so she's actually sold quite a lot of them now. Oh, interesting. they are stunning. They're just stunning. Wonderful choice of breed.
0: Well, if you end up getting any, just know that you'll have more adventurers on your hands. (laughs) Well, you never know. I might add a couple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they are just lovely hands. Um, so something that I wanted to ask you was um, Miss Blanche was on the front page of this month's Practical Poultry yeah. Magazine.
1: Yeah, yeah. In fact, many years ago, um, I don't know, probably about two or three years now. Miss Minnie made it on the front page of the uh, practical Poultry magazine as well. I've probably still got a copy of it somewhere. In fact, I even ended up taking a photograph of her looking at herself on the front page. Oh. <laughs> but uh, No, the lady who edits it is a delightful lady called uh, Liz Wright, who, again, actually, you, you must know, she works for the Donkey Sanctuary. Um, okay. She's uh, the uh, welfare officer that covers Cambridgeshire and uh, east anglia but she also is passionate about chickens and she is the editor of practical poultry magazine as well um and uh every now and then she sees my photographs my english photograph on uh, on facebook and uh she said i really like the one that you've taken of, of miss blanche it would make a great front cover and do you think i could use it so i was very flattered and said, yeah. <laughs> So uh, I believe it's going to be the next issue that comes out. It looks like it's the sort of winter edition. Oh. I believe practical poultry comes out every two months now. And it's going to be the next issue. But I don't know when it actually comes out. But probably fairly soon, I think, because it's imminently going to print. Oh. But Miss Blanche made the front cover.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Some other characters that you have in your garden are pheasants and um, yeah, yeah. it'd be lovely to hear more about the pheasants who've been important yeah. residents in your Devon garden
1: yeah we have we actually haven't got too many at the moment I think they're on the point of returning actually because I think with the days getting shorter and food probably getting a bit harder at find, the um, there are seems to be more of them appearing we've had one gentleman pheasant the last few weeks who was called Phil Ew. Who turns up regularly and I literally can walk up to him and put the food down and he doesn't move. So he's very tame, but he's actually the only one we've got currently. But in previous years, we've had through the winter, uh, anything up to 18 or 19 of them in the garden, Damn. which is quite a lot and it's quite a lot to feed and they do expect to be fed. and They do hang around and we feed them too. Uh, we do have a local shoot. Around here, well, it's not right on our doorstep, but I believe they must have been bred probably by the, the local shoot, and they've obviously wandered off and come in our direction. There must be a sort of um, uh, there must be some way that pheasant pe- use gets around, I think. And people uh, recommend that we must be a soft touch, so they do turn up in the garden. Ironically, I actually looked outside today, and in the field behind us, there were four male pheasants. And there were four female pheasants, so I think the numbers are massing. I don't think it'll be too long before there'll be a lot more of them in the garden. Yeah. But they again, they're lovely. They make a bit of a mess. I must admit, they do tend to dig up all the broth. Do they? Um, but as, as we're not really avid gardeners, it doesn't mean really worrying too much.
0: What do the um, girls think of the pheasants?
1: Um, the new girl, I don't think I've actually. They haven't been here when there's been a lot of pheasants about. The previous girls that we had would chase them off. Um, and if Minnie, if Minnie ever got out in the other part of the garden where the pheasants tend to be, because we, we do try and keep them in a fenced-in run, um, Minnie used to fly out regularly, and she would take on a male pheasant. Uh, mm-hmm. In no uncertain terms, he would know that she was the boss. He, he would sort of try and stand up to her, but she would stand up to him too. And in the end, it was always the pheasant that backed down even though she was only a bantam. Uh, the male pheasant <laughs> knew that it was her god. The so chance. She, he left. Yeah, yeah. But it was interesting. It was always the pheasant that uh, ended up leaving.
0: Yeah. Don't mess with Minnie. No,
1: no, I think that, nobody, nobody should ever have messed with Minnie. <laughs> she was just the world's biggest character. I think, I think you know, as you found yourself, um, you find certain hens you love all of them but certain hens stand out more than others
0: yeah
1: and the pheasant jolly soon learned that he was not able to cross this Minnie. she would stalk him across the garden Gosh. and he would soon leave
0: <laughs> oh i i don't even think it's a case of them having bigger characters it's just they make themselves known
1: they do yeah, yeah.
0: that's exactly
1: it they do very much so but yeah. i think uh, they they just seem to be a bit more forthright don't they really
0: yeah exactly and I wonder if actually it's it's the hen
1: that's at the bottom of the pecking order that is the one that in our case in both cases it's, it's the hen that's really stood out and has been more friendly has been the one at the bottom of the pecking order mm.
0: Which is interesting really yeah I don't know whether there's anything a different outlet <laughs> yeah I think maybe that's it because the
1: ones at the top of the pecking order are so busy making sure they stay at the top. But yeah. the one at the bottom, thinking, well, while you're doing that, I'll see if I can pop in for afternoon tea. You know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, I'm aware of your time. Are you okay for time? Yeah,
1: no, no I'm all right at the moment. Thanks, Maggie. That's, that's fine at the moment.
0: Okay, brilliant. So um, when you're out spending time with the hens, what do you most enjoy doing with them?
1: I think really just. Just watching them, uh, just watching them pot around the garden. I, I love the way they dig. Um, I think they're, they're fascinating. We recently had unfortunately a nest of shrews oh. <laughs> which was in the middle of the garden and um, I couldn't make out on earth what they were doing. They were all madly running around chasing each other and I thought well one of them's obviously caught something and I'm pretty sure, I think it was a shrew <laughs> It was a very small crew. it obviously only just the nest had obviously just uh pretty much come to the surface, I should imagine. Because so I think they were down a hole in the middle of the room. And uh each one of them, apart from I think there was one hen, didn't get one, but the others all managed to catch themselves a shrew. Oh I know uh, I felt so sorry for them. I thought I've got a hope of ever rescuing them. And um, they were, they were extraordinary they were all just running around the garden chasing one another oh, uh, and of course, course in the end that was the end of the shrewd the
0: but, dark um, side of chickens isn't it
1: The <laughs> yeah i have no idea that they hit pranks <laughs> <laughs> extraordinary we used to have a big red uh big red hen um don't think what she was a Rhode and red and uh, she dissected a frog in the fore and ate it virtually in in almost two mouthfuls. I've never seen anything like it. They are like miniature dinosaurs at Yeah,
0: Yeah, you can see that they evolved from dinosaurs, can't you? absolutely.
1: Dave always said to me, if we ever come back in a smaller size, you
0: better hope you never come back in a farmyard
1: where they've got chickens, if your days would be numbered.
0: Definitely. Uh, So true. But it is just so... Fun and time-wasting, just sitting in the garden watching their behaviour, isn't it?
1: Very much so. And I, I just wish that, uh, well, and I hope for sort of the future for a lot of people to to realise that chicken um, is, is just so much more than something you go and get from the local takeaway. And the number of people who have come across um, on Facebook and in other places... Who've said I lost my hen today, and I, I've never been so upset in my life. Yeah. Uh, and they're so distraught because it is like being a member of their family. And yes. unfortunately for them, a lot of them have then had friends who said, "Oh, it's just a chicken." It's never just a the chicken. And they're they're never just a the chicken. They are a member of your family. They've they've got characters. They've got independent personalities. Um, and I I just think it's a shame that the majority of of the public, unfortunately, just see them as, you know, a cheap snack, sadly. Um, And, and they're not, you know. Uh, and I'm hoping that, uh, I think during lockdown, a lot of people have actually taken on keeping chickens. In fact, the place we got ours from, they had sold 800 hens in two weeks. Wow. At the, at the beginning of lockdown, yeah, the, the first few weeks, they had so many inquiries, they literally had sold 800 hens. The people who wanted to have a few backyard hens so you know you've got to hope that gradually the word will get out there and more and more people will realize just how special hens are yeah absolutely with people like you spreading the word with your podcast I think it's a brilliant idea and the the more people who realize um that you know the better I think it will get over the course of time
0: thank you yeah I I really hope so and that's exactly what I want for this from this podcast is to spread the word about what amazing little creatures chickens are.
1: Uh, oh, I mean, almost really. It's more fun keeping them, and I think the eggs are a bonus. But it's not the reason to keep them. Uh, I suppose <laughs> most people probably keep them because they are hoping they're going to get a few eggs, and if you do, well, well and good. But you know, you've still got all the winter months when perhaps they aren't laying, or they're molting, or whatever, and you're, you're not getting any eggs. But,
0: you still got the fun of owning them. That's what it's all about, really. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any tips that you would um, like to share to any of these many new chicken keepers this year? Because like you say, during lockdown, so many people have taken on the task of um, learning. Yeah, how-
1: I'd just say... My, my only, not so much a tip really, but just enjoy your hens. Enjoy them every single day because they're, they're out there and they're good company. And if you're feeling down, you know, a chicken's always going to be pleased to see you, particularly if you've got the odd bit of biscuit on maybe your bit of cake or something nice. <laughs> um, but just enjoy having them. Um, they're, they're not expensive to buy, they're not particularly expensive to keep, and they're enormous fun and uh, providing you, you've got the space for them and you know, you've got the money to be able to, to you know, uh, be able to look after their basic needs, get them a decent hen house, make them a decent run, find them you know, somewhere that uh, if you live anything like in North Devon, somewhere that's a bit undercover so they don't get drowned <laughs> because yeah. it's, very, it's very wet here for a large amount of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> And just enjoy them that, that will be my tip just spend as much time as you you can with them watch them and just enjoy them
0: i couldn't agree more so we're coming to an end
1: yeah uh, yeah oh it's been fun i've enjoyed it yeah i, I shall look forward to hearing more of your podcast and uh thanks. hearing what you're going to do next and i wish you luck with them and i think it's a lovely idea
0: thanks so it's much it's just
1: a nice in, informal way of of people who've got hens to be able to you know, put their views and things over and hopefully it'll be fun to listen to.
0: Thank you. Yeah, if you've got five minutes, I'm just going to ask you two last questions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so some of that, you may have already covered some of this, but um, what are some of your favourite things about chickens?
1: Um, I think the things I particularly like about them is how curious they are. I I love the way that they are into everything. Um, I, I think that that is the main thing about them. It's the fact that they are they are such curious creatures, and I love the way they they seem to have their their set order for within the flock. I find that fascinating. I I love the pecking order, and I love watching how one every now and then will kind of think, well, maybe I could move up the pecking order a bit and will stand up to one of the other hens only to be taken down again. Um, I think just watching them establish their personalities, because obviously the chances are the the hens that you buy from wherever, they may not necessarily have been great chums or been thrust together in the past. So watching them establish their pecking order is fascinating, I find. but I guess that's probably what I like most about them. I mean, it's just mm. their personalities and watching them establish their personalities as well. Yeah.
0: Watching them grow too, because. Um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, you when you tend bullets, to get them. Don't you? Yeah, that's it.
1: You tend to get them maybe at a point of lay or if they're ex batteries and they've come out of a hen house. And they've obviously been used to being in huge numbers if they're ex battery hens. And uh, to go from that to being, you know, maybe with just five or six other hens, or maybe ten other hens, and again, they've got to work out a whole new pecking order. Yeah, uh, yeah they just—it's fun. are they're, they're they're lovely creatures, and they're enormous fun to keep.
0: Oh, that's perfect. Again, I just echo your sentiments completely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, just to close, and you have said a little bit about this already um possibly but could you sum up what you would like to see for the future for chickens
1: um i think a a greater public awareness yeah of uh just just to see it more just to see chickens more than the kentucky fried chicken effort on television yeah um i i just would like people to to realize what wonderful creatures they are and perhaps not just for chickens but for all sorts of other animals of of all sorts I'm pretty sure you're a vegan aren't you yeah yeah (laughs) yeah I don't say uh, well I do eat our hens
0: eggs though so um yeah well I, I can never really
1: understand why people wouldn't because you know your hens have had a good life you know they're having a good life so it's just a byproduct, really at the end of the day is is the eggs but I'm not getting into the whole vegan argument I'm not a vegan I'm not even a vegetarian but I I think with um any animal it should have a good quality of life and it sounds awful but it should have a good death as well yeah um my I have very good friends who live locally who uh, keep their own land and uh they are literally with the land from the day it is born to the day it dies, and uh, they know it's been the whole time. They know what sort of life it had. it's quality of life. And that's what I'd like for chickens in the future. I, I'd like really to know that they're having a good life. Um, I still I don't follow, I must admit, exactly what all the latest rules and regulations are about keeping hen. Uh, I presume um, that uh, batteries are hopefully now a thing of the when you used to see these horrendous pictures of hens squashed into crates. I hope that's very much not the case now. But yeah. Um just really a, a better understanding of of all animals and birds and their needs and the fact that, you know, we owe it to them to give them a good quality of life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thanks so much for this fantastic first interview. <laughs>
1: well, thank you very much. I hope I haven't witted on too much. I have a habit of
0: whittering on. <laughs> so that's perfect. Um, so the lady
1: the lady whose donkeys I take for a walk, she said every time you take them for a walk, I can hear you going down the road when she said, it's wittering on to the donkey the whole time. It- a donkey isn't it? but don't we I think we do I think we all winter to
0: our oh animals. I witter away to my animals all the time there you go See, I'll tell her that <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not just you in no. fact when it when it is a bit worrying is you're when you're so used to wittering away to your animals that you find you witter away to yourself just as much yeah <laughs> Yeah.
1: Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with a bit of wittering myself, personally. (laughs) Anyway, it's been lovely. Thank you very much for inviting me. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been good fun.
0: Oh, no problem, Liz. It's been really nice to catch up. And um it doesn't hopefully
1: hopefully when COVID's over, we'll we'll be able to meet up face to face again, which would be lovely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that would be really nice. It'd be lovely to see both of you and the hens
1: and
0: the hen definitely we'll come we'll come and visit you too it would be lovely to meet you and your hen that would be really nice all right well thank you never too much no problem take care and have a lovely evening thank you Thank you bye bye well i hope you all enjoyed that lovely conversation with liz liz touched on some great subjects in this episode I'm especially delighted that she talked about how special chickens are as characters. Another important issue I'm glad that she mentioned is how those of us who keep chickens as family pets deal with grief when the time comes. I'd love to get a conversation going on this subject, so please feel free to get in touch if you have any personal experiences you'd like to share about how you dealt with losing one of your feathered family or even how you deal with the different opinions from people who don't quite think of chickens in the same way. Grieving for chickens can almost feel quite isolating for some, and it's important for us to know that losing any animal who is dear to us can be incredibly difficult. So, thank you again for listening, and I look forward to hearing from some of you. How can you get in touch? You can reach me on the Happy Hen Podcast Facebook page or on anchor.fm forward slash the happy hen podcast. You can also reach me through my business website, maizywake.com. Thanks again for listening. Please be sure to press the subscribe button on whatever you're listening to this podcast on and share the news far and wide. Let's spread the word for chickens.